Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have my boy Sean Patrick Small from the upcoming HBO series Winning Time based on the Showtime Lakers. And you can see him playing Larry Legend himself. What's going on, my boy? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Man, I'm grateful that you're here today and um, definitely looking forward to the show. So like, how does it feel to be immortalized in one of the most important eras in basketball history in the form of a TV series? Man, it's crazy. I mean, it kind of, I don't know if you know my backstory with Bird, because I've been, uh, I've been researching and writing about him since like 2014. Uh, I read this book called When March Went Mad uh, by Seth Davis, and it was about Bird and Magic and their upbringing up until the 79 National Championship game. So I wrote like a mini series about that. I've been pitching that. We attached Thomas Carter as the director for that. Um, who did Coach Carter, um, still pitching that. But then when this opportunity came up, this audition, I was like, oh, man, I have to jump on this. I've been, you know, I've been with this guy for so long. I, I got to at least give it a shot. And when I got the role, it was just, I mean, it was a dream come true. I was just like, all right. And Adam McKay produced HBO series where I'm playing Larry Bird, like Larry Legend, growing up playing basketball my whole life. It's like, I mean, can it get any better than that? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So, like, how did you um, initially get attached to this project? Did you always have Larry in mind when it came to auditions? Or, like, did you audition for other people and they just picked you for Larry? So this came up. They put Larry Bird up on Actors Access. And my wife's sister's friend saw it and was like, Sean should audition for this. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I should. I've been, like I said, it's like I've been researching and with this guy. Uh, so, yeah, I only auditioned for him. And that process was like so quick because they initially had Bo Burnham attached to it. Um, and he had some scheduling conflicts. So I did a self-tape audition on a Tuesday, did a callback that Friday over Zoom did a producer's room call back the following Tuesday and then got the role the Tuesday after that. And then was on set like two weeks after that. So it was a, it was a very quick process of getting the role, which the eight years previous of doing all this research really <laughs> helped out with. 
So like the book, it kind of touched on Larry's relationship with his father. And I think, um, you know, that tough, and that tough exterior and interior that um, he dealt with growing up as a child, it kind of made him, you know, into the player that he was, you know, playing with that bad back all those years. Can we expect that dynamic between Larry and his father to be touched on during the HBO series? I don't know how much I can talk about the dynamic of that, but definitely the internal backstory that bird brings to every scene you will see how how that i don't want to say darkness but there's a lot of dark stuff that happened in his life i mean growing up in french lick it's like the poorest county in indiana so you kind of have to develop a a tough exterior and a tough interior just to live through that and i mean that's why he was such a grinder on the court and such a hustler and then eventually the greatest trash talker of all time as well to help prepare yourself for this role, like, did you train with, you know, like NBA guys or like any of those Instagram um, basketball trainers? So we had a trainer, Idan Ravine, who's trained like a bunch of all-stars like Steph, Chris Paul, Gilbert Arenas, a um, bunch of other guys. And he, he took all of our games and like made us the silhouette of those players. Um, which is pretty awesome because I've played basketball my whole life, but it's like, you know, my game is meant for modern day, not the eighties and bird shot. Like everyone knows is so like, you know, the left arm out and everything. Um, so it was fun to work with him just on the level of being like, I'm working with a trainer that works with NBA all-stars, but then at the same time, just forming into Larry bird in that moment as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great time training. I always tell my friends, I'm like, this is the closest thing I'll get to being a professional basketball player. Cause I'm getting paid to play basketball. So, <laughs> so like on set legitimately, like who's the best hooper between the castmates of the castmates, I would mm -hmm. probably say Solomon Hughes. I mean, he played Kareem. He played at Cal all four years and then all, a lot of the basketball doubles were, I mean, all of them were hoopers. They all, they all played D1. We had a couple of guys who were on the Harlem Globetrotters, and one of them was actually a Laker at one point as well. Um, and a couple of guys are LeBron James's like stunt double and stuff and Space Jam 2. And so we definitely had a lot of fun playing just five on five whenever they were like all right cameras are rolling we're just gonna have you play for like five minutes at a time those were the most fun days on set for sure did any real games like ever break out on set like during the filming of the show i would say not during the filming but like during the trainings for sure because you know during the filming we have all the the crew there and it's like all right we have a lot of money on set today but during the training it was like oh we have some downtime like Let's get a little five on five going. And how did um, those games go? Like, was it like a fun game or like a real, like a real, real game, like a real Bird and Magic Lakers Celtics type of game? They were fun. And then there would be some parts where, you know, people start trash talking and you get mm -hmm. in each other's grill a little bit, but it never got past like, you know, <laughs> the fun stuff. It, it never came to like fisticuffs or anything like that. <laughs> So like you said earlier, you hoop in real life. 
if you did the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, like how many points are you putting up? Because I've seen that game and I really think I could put up a good 15, 6, and 5. Yeah. I guess it depends on how many minutes I get. That's always like the, the stipulation, right? Because like what, mm-hmm. who, who always wins the MVP? It's like Kevin Hart, right? And he, he probably gets like 12 points. I mean, I, if I'm hot, because I, I, I love shooting the three. So if I'm hot, I could probably, yeah, put up 15, throw like four, four dimes, and then just try to board up on everybody, maybe get like six or seven boards. <laughs> That's MVP-type numbers for that game right there. Yeah. So, I mean, put me in, put me in that game. I'll, I'll, I'll be going for the MVP. I'll be definitely – hustling like Larry Legend out there. Mm-hmm. In real life, Bird and Magic, they were they were surrounded by, you know, an all-star type of cast. Um, and in the show, like, you're surrounded by an all-star cast of guys. Um, you have Adrian Brody. We like, got John C. Riley, Adrian oh, Brody, yeah. Yeah. Jason Siegel, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. You go down the line, even, like, down the down the line, you got a bunch of big names and yeah it's cool to it was cool to see the set where it's like you know me this is like my first big time show and like Quincy and Solomon as well and then there's you know the a-name celebrities that are hard hitters and we're we're able to see them work on set and kind of like learn from them at the same time so it was it was definitely like yeah you kind of put it into perspective there it was an all-star all-star game type of cast with all that. Acting-wise, did you pick up anything from those guys, like, um, to help you, like, further um, your acting craft? Yeah, I mean, it was more, it wasn't, like, me being taught by them, like, verbally. It was just seeing Mm -hmm. how they acted on set. And it kind of just reinvigorated what I already kind of, did on set especially as Larry Bird it's like I wanted to be in my own space before every take and like I would be jogging up and down the court or like pacing around on the set or whatever just to like get in that internal like he has that fire inside type of thing and you would see people like John C. Riley and Adrian Brody and Jason Siegel and all of them doing that exact same thing like right before cameras were on and it's like okay I have a little little in common with them right (laughs) so that was that was a that was just cool to see in person because you don't get that experience unless you're on that set all right so like recently when the trailer first dropped you know magic johnson he said he wasn't supporting the show for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um do you think that's because the storylines involving you know all the off-court stuff is is either like juicy or hits too close to home for him or he's just hating ancient. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he would have said that. Um, I mean, I think the show is just great because it shows the entertainment that the Showtime Lakers brought on and off the court. And it shows, you know, mm-hmm. the different angles of each character and the different complexities. So I'm hoping that he was just saying that and he does watch it and he's like, all right, all right, you did, you did pretty good. So that's what I think. So we'll see what happens after it drops. <laughs> and I think as time goes on and, you know, if more former players, once they watch the show, I think they'll, you know, gravitate towards it and like appreciate it more. No, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I think they it's just got to give it a time. chance. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's primed for a lot of NBA fans and players and all that stuff, but it's also just going to be a great series in general for everyone to watch. So it's going to be entertaining for sure. If you were a young man back then, like back in, let's say, like 84, okay. knowing what like knowing what you know now that um, what took place backstage or at the forum clubs or at the hotels or whatever, you know, which team would you play for? The Showtime Lakers or Birds Celtics? Me personally, I mean, I like to have a good time. So like Showtime Lakers is always, always a good time. But if, if I'm trying to, to just grind it out and hustle, it's, it's all about the Celtics, but yeah, I mean, I guess the Showtime's Lakers take that one. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're from the West Coast, like, did you find it weird to play um, a Celtics legend? Not really, because, like, all the stuff that I had been doing beforehand to kind of research him and his backstory, because I think he, mm -hmm. as much as he, you know, he's the hick from French Lick, and he played on the Celtics and was a legend out there, um, I think his story is just relatable no matter who you are and being from the Bay Area I mean I kind of moved around a decent amount in Northern California so I kind of saw a lot of stuff and was able to connect with various cities from the East Bay South Bay like Sacramento that type of stuff so no I didn't I didn't find it too difficult to to tap into that so that was that was good so like say if you are an LA dude like all your life, then um, then playing bird would have like been difficult for you. I think I would have, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I probably would have had this allegiance that was tugging at my my inner heartstrings. But as an actor, I would be like, I could just mm -hmm. use that. I could use that tension and everything to play bird uh, the way he is. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my my answer would probably be different if I was born and raised in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you kind of recreated some of Bird's most mem most memorable um, photo ops, you know, the SI photo yep. shoot from Indiana. What was it like kind of replica replicating that? That was fun, man. That was like three years into writing and researching this stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'm growing my hair out. I'm going to get the... <laughs> the bowl cut, dye my hair blonde, grow out the mustache and just recreate it. Wow. So we have something to go along with the, with the project. So got a couple mm -hmm. friends and we just shot it at our apartment. It was fun. You know, is there a bird moment that you want to recreate that won't be featured in this show, in the upcoming show? I'm hoping eventually this is, this like would probably be down the line. I just, always gravitated to that game where he was playing against the Hawks uh, and he oh, was, yeah. yeah. And the Hawks were falling off the bench and everything. And he was trash talking them. And then the last shot that he said, three pointer falling mm -hmm. in the trainer's lap. I'm like, I, that would be something that would be so fun to shoot. Can you imagine if that happened today? Like if, like if bird was a player today, like, and if he actually did stuff like that, you know, Twitter would be on fire. Oh, Twitter would be nuts. Yeah, they would not be able to stop talking about him. That's why I've always, I mean, this this might be like too much of a hot take, but as good as Bird was, I still think he's one of the most like underrated players just because 
his last three seasons, that back injury was really screwing with him, and he was still putting up 25 a night. And that's true, too. Like, if it wasn't for that back injury, maybe he could have squeezed out an extra title, and maybe they could have had Lakers and Celtics, Magic and Bird, one more time before Jordan yeah. took over. So, yeah. So, like, prior to um, the show, like, did you link up with Magic, I mean, with Larry Bird, to get, like, an accurate portrayal of him? No, I didn't try to reach out to him because I always tell people I'm like that's I mean he wouldn't he wouldn't want to talk about this stuff because he's very much to himself and that's kind of what I like about the character is like I can relate to you know being you know close to the chest with a lot of stuff and he is definitely that way uh, based on everything mm -hmm. that I know about him through research so hopefully he watches the show and then maybe he'll reach out and be like all right you did you did good by me <laughs> Bird and Magic is one of the most famous rivalries in NBA history. You oh, yeah. know, seeing like seeing where the league was back in the day, 1979, you know, pre-Michael Jordan. Like, do you think if it wasn't for um Bird and Magic that the NBA wouldn't that the NBA wouldn't be where it's at today? 100%. 100%. Um just the way that everything rolled out with Magic and Bird in the national championship game the year before bird going to the east coast with the storied celtics and magic going to the lakers in la and they only had one title at that point i think and just mm -hmm. i mean they brought the nba to heights that it had never been brought to but then that rivalry just amplified it and it became a thing that was bigger than the sum of its parts and it's hard to say like oh, well, maybe down the line, a couple of other players like would have had that rivalry. But I don't know. Without them, we definitely wouldn't be anywhere close to we are now. Yeah, who knows? Like the NBA might not even be around because, you know, yeah. pre-Jordan, you know, the NBA, like like most of the teams, they lost most of their sponsorship and like they were on the verge of bankruptcy. So you can say yeah. that they pretty much saved the league and and held it down before Jordan took it to all new heights. Exactly. Yeah. They, they saved the league and brought it to a height where Jordan could globalize it. So if they didn't mm -hmm. set that foundation, who knows what would have happened. So what do you think about like the present day Lakers Celtics rivalry? Like they don't have the marquee players like they used to have, but um, do you think like we'll ever see a matchup like those finals teams in the eighties again? Because like teams today, Man. they really don't even stick together like that no more. Yeah, that's like, that's a hard question. Because it's, I think the last time, yeah, I don't know. I think the last time that we'll see something of that caliber was Kobe and the Lakers against the big three of the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Just because people aren't staying together, you kind of need like the core to stay there in order for that rivalry between players and the franchises to stick. But I do think, I mean... Whenever the Celtics and Lakers are good, it is better for the league. So I, I hope that they both get to that point again. Um, I don't know what players, maybe like Bronny Jr. will lead the Lakers against the Celtics, <laughs> and we'll see if that ever happens. You know, we came pretty close a couple of years ago in the bubble to yeah. the Lakers-Celtics finals again. I was kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I was thinking that that was going to happen, and then the Heat just came out of nowhere. <laughs> do you think um brown and tatum can win it all together you know 
with them being the two cornerstone franchise plays, or do you think like one of them needs to go? I think they work well together. I think it's really just they need more pieces around them. Like they might need a, a third, a third big name star to get there just to hold it down so they don't have to do it night in and night out. But I, no, I have I have faith in them getting it done at some point. And I like the Derek White addition. You know, that was yeah, a really key that was huge. addition for them. That was huge. Yeah, when I when I heard about that, I was like, okay, they're they're making steps in the championship direction and not like just moving people around and hoping something happens. And as of this recording, you know, they won I think like eight or nine in a row. They have the best record since January first. Okay. So, uh, um, so I think it's possible they might could put a little something together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the East. I was like, every time I look at the East, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. There's so many good teams out there. Like, who knows what's going to happen with injuries, with who gets hot at the right time and all that type of stuff. And for Boston, I think if they get Miles Turner, I think they could I think they could that would, make a yeah, run with that. That would be huge. Yeah, if they got a good big man, like athletic big man that could just board and D up, that would put them over the top, mm-hmm. I think. Big facts, man. So, like, how do you feel what's going on in L.A.? Like, the Lakers, they were – expected to be contenders but now it's looking like they don't even make the plan i mean it's surprising i i'm never gonna doubt lebron james getting into the playoffs um and trying to make some noise like i i think at least they get into the plan uh he'll figure out a way he'll go playoff mode after the all-star break or something like that but (laughs) ad getting injured all the time it's like i mean i don't i don't know who who they have depth wise I mean this is like the that was the joke in the beginning of the season is the team's so old right it's like who's actually going to be out there by the time the end of the season is and it's like it's kind of rearing its head a little bit and it, and you know what's funny is like all the old guys well you know they're expected to have injuries but AD like he's he's supposed to be in the prime of his career right right now. But he, yeah but dude's always hurt yeah I'm just like, yeah, the knee and the ankle injuries, man. That's what, I mean, that's what always gets the tall guys. So, you know, I think it's surprising, but it's, it sucks. I think they could shop him around and see what he's worth. Cause at at this point, cause look, LeBron, he 37, like he has two or three years left. And yeah. And then, like, you really can't depend on AD anyway with LeBron. So imagine yeah. AD without LeBron. It's going to be AD on the Pelicans all over again. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> he'll he'll put up his numbers. They'll get to the playoffs and then lose in the first round. So, it, yeah, that would, that would be interesting to see what his worth is right now in the market. Hey, man, it, it wouldn't hurt to try. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, put it out there. Bait it out and see see if anyone bites. Another guy that's interesting in L.A. is Westbrook. Like, when they first acquired him, like, I knew he couldn't play with LeBron because they're both ball-dominant guards. And I knew Westbrook yep. wasn't playing on, playing off the ball. Like, but I think he's better suited coming off the bench if he's on the same team as LeBron. I agree, yeah. He could run that second unit because you got to – the joke is always, like, there's only one ball on the court, right? And if they're, if they're both out there, they both want it. Um, but – if he runs that second unit, I mean, he could, he could put up a lot of points. He could be that second unit scorer that they're looking for. So it's, it, it, I don't know if it's a, 
an ego thing or whatnot, but that could be a good way to differentiate for the rest of the season. And then look, he still can average his um, triple double. Yeah, exactly. And still, and, and still get his twenty points. Yeah, so yeah, so he could do. He could be the the sixth man of the year, averaging a triple double. <laughs> so, like most modern NBA teams, like, do you think like they can compare in terms of popularity to the Showtime Lakers or Bird Celtics? Because I think like the Heatles were the closest to like the Showtime Lakers in terms of popularity. And maybe the 2000 Pistons was the closest to the 80 Celtics in terms of their dominant play on the court. Yeah, I think you're right on point with that. The Heatles are definitely the closest to the Showtime Lakers. I don't know. You know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm a huge Warrior fan. I think the style of play that the Warriors do with the ball movement and everything is is as exciting as the Showtime Lakers, but they definitely aren't at the same status of like celebrities as the Showtime Lakers were and the Heatles were. And yeah, the Pistons, that Pistons team was just nasty in a, the best way possible. And that that's kind of how I I think of the Celtics in that era. They were just like, they were grimy, but in the best way possible. And I think Draymond could um, play on one of the Celtics teams. Like he kind of fits. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dirty player, low blows. <laughs> like Draymond and Chris Paul. Draymond. <laughs> Chris I think Paul. that would have been perfect for them for the eighty Celtics. Yeah, Chris Chris Paul could kind of taken over that Danny Ainge role and then uh Draymond, who would he have taken over for? Uh they probably would have just thrown him in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> now he could have been maybe he could have played Rambus position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I look at today's players, like I try and compare them to like players from the nineties and the eighties. But I think like Luca, he's the modern day Larry Bird. Like I think if Dallas surrounds him with decent um teammates, I think Luca has a good chance to replicate or even surpass some of the things that Bird has accomplished. Yeah, he's Luca is definitely the closest thing because he's not the fastest he doesn't jump the highest but he's just a crafty player with shit ton of basketball iq and just knows what to do with the ball yeah he's he's definitely the closest thing i think that we've gotten to bird in a while and like how do you think guys like luca and, and Giannis and john morant would fare in like the physical era of the 80s i think Giannis, like he wouldn't be going down the middle like he's doing now but I think yeah he would still put up decent numbers yeah, I think they would all do, like, good enough. But I think Giannis's game would take a hit, like, literally and physically, because he, he wouldn't be able to just drive the lane and people would get out of the way. He would get a clothesline every once in a while that might made him, mm -hmm. make him second-guess whether or not he wants to do that. Uh, Jaw, Jaw is kind of the same way, but I don't – see him ever backing down there's no way that dude's backing down from anything so i don't i don't think his game would change up that much um and luca yeah luca's the closest thing to bird so he could have you know established himself in the 80s pretty well you know a guy from back then that i think would like kill right now will be i think i think he would be probably a top three player in, in the league right now is um hakeem Olajuwon. 
because dude was like ahead of his time. I think he yeah. would kill right now. The dream shake and yeah, his footwork just alone would be able to, it would shake anyone out of their shoes. Like there's no, there would have been no stopping him. Like nah. Joel Embiid and Joe Jokic and all that, they they would have just been toast with him playing right now. Cause dude's like impossible. Like he he has the yeah. footwork of of a guard. He has the handle of a guard. The body of yep. a big man. The IQ of like you know Magic and LeBron. So I was like, I don't know. Like yeah, I mean, you be... say top three. I mean, the the way that he played, like he could be MVP candidate every year. Maybe top player in the league. Who knows? And um, like, who are some of your favorites to watch right now currently? Well, Warrior fandom, I love that clay's back so Mm -hmm. splash bros are always fun to watch just because steph does some stuff where i'm like how is that even humanly possible i mean we talked about john morant that dude is just freak that block that he had like where he like almost jumped over the backboard was insane trying to think of like new players that i really like watching i went to usc so it's fun to see Evan mobley doing well with the Cavs, and the Cavs like making a little bit of noise with him and darius garland yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on other other people, but those are my those are my go tos right now. Those are good, some good plays. But your guy yeah. Steph, he's been, your guy Steph been struggling since he broke the record at the Garden, man. What's yeah, going on I know. There? I don't know, man. I think uh, I think we're really seeing the absence of Draymond impacting the whole Warriors kind of chemistry offensively. I mean, we will put in some wins that are you know like. Clay went off against the was that against the Lakers uh, to yeah. pull it off at the end, but like those are those are games where if Draymond was in there we would probably be able to win by like twelve to fifteen. He kind of is the catalyst to get everyone going energy wise, especially. I think Draymond and Andre Iguodala they're the two most important pieces. Like they don't fill up the stat sheet with like thirty yeah. points and and twelve assists, but you know just their presence on the court. You know, yeah, we'll, them, them, um, they and two, like during the championship years, those were the, they were the two that were holding everything together. I mean, obviously when we had KD, it's just a different ball game, but like that first year where Andre and Draymond, when we won that championship, that was, I mean, they were the reason we won it. You guys still have Wiseman coming back on the men. And I like um, Jonathan, um, what's his name? Jonathan. Oh, uh, Kuminga. K- yeah, Kuminga. I really think he's going to be an all-star, too. He's nice. He is nice. Um, There's just some games where Steph will drop off a little pass to him at the free throw line, and he just takes off, and it's Mm -hmm. insane how bouncy he is. Um, But his defense, his three-point shooting is actually pretty nice. Uh, And we're getting – our other rookie Moses Moody some some playing time too so that's good um yeah I, I like our squad it's looking like the the warriors of old when we're when we're all healthy so speaking about injuries it's like get everyone back healthy and we'll be good you know this team kind of kind of reminds me of the first championship warriors team yeah now that was put together it's very similar, and like I really wouldn't be surprised if they um came out the West. Yeah, I think I think out of the West, it's either them or the Suns if there aren't any injuries. Because the Suns, I think the thing that the Suns do so well is 
they are so long defensively. Like, the Warriors have such a hard time with them because you put Mikel Bridges on Steph, and that 7-2 wingspan just kind of, like, throws everything off passing lane-wise and all that. And they have all their team is so long. Um, so their defense is, I think, the reason why they would make it to the championship again. And me personally, like, I'm kind of rooting for the Suns because, you know, I kind of want Monty Williams to win one. Yeah. And I, and I know I, I, I talk a lot of shit about Chris Paul a lot, but, you know, he's one of the better point guards of his generation. And, like, mm-hmm. I really want to at least win one because, let's be honest, dude, he's only been out the first round what, once once or twice. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would be nice to – I really wanted them – I, I have a love-hate relationship with Chris Paul, too, because most of the time he was, you know, whenever he was winning, mm-hmm. it was against the Warriors, so I was not too happy about it. Um, but, yeah, Monty Williams, I really wanted to see him win that last year, and then he just showed, like, who he was as a human being after, like, congratulating the Bucks and all that, too. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. If I mean, I don't want the Warriors to ever win lose i'm too competitive of a guy but if it happens to be to them and they win one for him like i'm i'm more than happy for that chris paul his best team was that team he had with james harden and um on the rockets that year mm-hmm. when um like i thought after that if he didn't win it that year that was a wrap but you know do kind of revitalize his career in um phoenix yeah well he kind of showed like what he showed the world that what he could do with that Thunder team the year before he went to Phoenix. And they were like, oh, okay. So it wasn't that he was falling off in Houston. I don't know. The the 24-7 media, like, sensationalization kind of, like, makes you change your mind about these players so quickly and you forget how good they are. And it's like, Chris Paul has always been good. Let's not get that wrong. Like, if he didn't get injured that game six against the Warriors on the Rockets, like who knows? The Rockets were like giving it to the Warriors when he was on the court. So, you know, injuries always have an impact in the playoffs, especially. You know, there's this kid in OKC, Josh Giddy. I think he's kind of like the next Chris Paul, I think. I know it's kind of really? early I, to um, tell that, but dude is nice though. I haven't been able to watch any of their their games i need to i need to get on that yeah like really nobody has like you have to like be like a yeah. real hardcore um lead pass guy to be watching the yeah thunder. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um before we go i like to play a game it's called start bench cut i'll just give you like three things and you just tell me if, if you're gonna start him bench him or cut him all right Sweet. yeah all right. so the the first round is um we got your guy, Larry Bird. All right. Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. Everybody's in their primes for this. Oh, man. I mean, people are going to say I'm biased, but I'm going to start Larry Bird, <laughs> mm-hmm. bench Ma- or bench MJ, and cut Magic just because of the competitor <laughs> that Bird was. <laughs> All right. The next one is... um. Well, the next few is going to be some about the Lakers. So we got Magic. We got Magic again, James Worthy, or Kobe Bryant. Start Magic, bench Kobe, cut James Worthy. Mm -hmm. 
All right. All right. Next one is Lakers big men. This one's kind of hard. Okay. All right. So we got Shaq, Wilt, or Kareem. Oh, God. I had a feeling those were going to be the three. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to say Dart, Kareem. Oh, man. This one's difficult. Putting me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) Bench, Shaq, and Cut. Oh, God. I can't say it. Cut Wilt. I, I would second bench Will. No, I, I, I have to cut him. He, that, that dude was like, that guy could play in any generation of basketball. Um, he was a freak. Hey, man, Will was before our time, but, you know, let's be honest. He put up all the great numbers, but how many championships did that win? It's true. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Now you're making me feel okay saying cut Will. <laughs> All right, so the next one is Celtics. We got your guy Larry again. Okay. We got Jason Tatum or Jalen okay. Brown. All right, I got to start Larry. I'll bench Tatum and cut Brown. Yeah, All right. Tatum's just got that that smooth stroke that will always be there. If it was me doing this, I would have just cut Tatum just because he went to Duke. <laughs> that would have been me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. All right. The next one is Celtics again. We got the um, 08 Celtics big three. Pierce, KG, Ray Allen. Okay. Um, I would start. Oh, this one's difficult because they all have different games. Let's see. I would start KG. I think I would start KG bench Pierce because he was a Celtic through and through and then cut Ray Allen. You know, I think I think if I asked KG that same question, he would have went that that same way too. Yeah. <laughs> we all know how he feels right. about that situation. <laughs> all right. The last one is just errors. We got okay. the eighties, the nineties, one now. Ooh. Okay. I would say start the 80s because that's just like the underdog story of the NBA bench the 90s because that's what I grew up on and then cut now especially with I mean the 80s and 90s you had you had the loyalty of the players to their teams right now it's just kind of like all right let's team up and see what happens so yeah I like Mm -hmm. that start the 80s bench the 90s cut now all right all right, man. I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the show. Like, do you have any other um, upcoming projects that you're working on? Um, still, still pitching that mini series that I wrote about Bird and Magic with Thomas Carter attached. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. see where that goes. And then I have a bunch of different feature film scripts that I'm pitching, and uh, we'll see how that hap- like goes along and audition in a way you know so just keeping the hustle going can't stop the hustle yeah exactly all right man thank you again for your time man i really do appreciate it hey thank you thank you for having me on it was really fun